Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is the Eat, Sleep, Believe, Repeat podcast. How's it going, boys, girls, envies out there in the world? We are back with another episode of Eat, Sleep, Elite. How's it going today? Charlie Dope. Hello, hello. Yeah, uh, things are going pretty well. We got a decent amount of wrestling to get into. It's double or nothing week. So feeling pretty excited about that. And um, yeah, we got a lot, lot coming up, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, not the very elite here, Charlie, but the elite are back. The elite are back. And also AEW Collision has been announced. I mean, that feels almost like a, like a fucking forever. Yeah, I'm burying the lead with the buried lead. All right. Um, <laughs> we so we're, we're, we're double burying the lead. So we make sure that motherfucker can't turn into a zombie and come back. All right. Um, hey. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, so, all right, so this is going to be a good episode of the podcast, Charlie. I haven't eaten anything since probably, like, 9 o'clock yesterday, and, uh, listen to this, hold on. Uh, hold on. That was oh, a yeah. White Claw. Um, oh, all righty. So this is going to be a good episode of the pod, everybody. I hope you're ready to fucking lock in. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, so that's my opening of the podcast bit. Before I get into everything else, and before I take my first sip of White Claw while Charlie, you know, uh, uh, you know, riffs for a second so I can take a sip. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know there are a couple of orders of business to take care of at the top of this podcast. First of all, you can follow us on Twitter. If this happens to be the first time you guys listen to this podcast, you may not follow us on Twitter, so make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can follow the podcast itself at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. And you make sure you join that community over there that we're trying to build. We'll hit you with a follow back. If you hit us with that follow, hit us with a tweet and we'll hit you with a reply. Uh, hit us with some lewds and we'll probably be like, yo, yo, yo. Anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, unless they are lewds of cute people, then we'll talk. <laughs> but do those in the DMs anyway. Um, but yeah, so that being said, I'm not, now we're canceled. What? Anyway. Um, so yeah, so the IWC, Charlie, has always been trash, right? But um. The cope this week with regard to collision has been it, it's been less than I expected there to be, to be honest with you, yeah. but I've still seen it out there. Oh yeah, I mean it AW Collision is by all by all accounts a, a it's a massive success that AEW is getting this show. And we're gonna have five hours of television, plus the two hours of Ring of Honor on streaming. So there's seven hours of wrestling this week. Do you think of- that Ring of Honor deal? Do you think Ring of Honor will not be included? Because I could almost see, like, since it is under Tony Khan's auspice, that they would want that on Max as well. But maybe he's got to deal with whoever owns. It sounds like it's Ring of as Honor. of today. You know, maybe in the future, if Ring of Honor is doing really well in like two years, maybe they bring it all in. But it sounds like as of today, it's entirely uh, separate. So I see what you did there. Bring it all in. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably talk more about that when we get to TK's big old announcement about it. And we'll have more to say about that and what actually he didn't announce when we get to that part of the show, probably. Um, but because um, that's a pretty big part of this. But I just wanted to hit that at the top of the show because it feels like it's the biggest thing that happened this week. Right. That and the elite coming back together. I mean, what's bigger than yeah. that? I mean, other than like what's going on in the Super Juniors right now, which we'll also get into. Um, which I'll let everybody know right now. We we're not caught up on. We we fucking we we failed. We failed you. <laughs> we we've not caught up on everything. But we're gonna catch up on it either 
I mean, we probably could watch an episode tonight, right? And then the yeah, other one tomorrow. Before the next podcast, we'll be talking about the finale of the Super Juniors, and we will be all fluent with it. We will live. Yeah, we'll have seen everything. I mean, you know, we've we've seen most of the matches at this point. We just got a little fucking sidetracked. All right, it happens sometimes. Um, there's a lot of wrestling going on, and we try to keep up with AEW more than anything. So, yeah, because it's just because it's our thing. So exactly. Um, but uh, that being said, um. You know, there's actually one other thing that I forgot to mention before we move into favorites and stuff like that, which I'll be leading us off on this week, which is uh, this is double or nothing week, as Charlie mentioned earlier. So we'll be doing a big chunk and amount of podcasts this week. So if you're a fan of mine that follows me both on the podcast and on my Twitch TV slash the Duke of Derbs, I might I might stream less this week because of this. This is usually what happens on these weeks is I end up streaming a little bit less because we have four episodes, well, no, three episodes to record this week. Um, we have the, this we're well, I guess four, if you count this, cause we're later in the week. So we'll have this podcast out this week. We'll have the eat, sleep, lead out. We should have that on Friday night. Right. Um, yep. and Saturday night will be predictions. Uh, and then Sunday will be reactions. So, um, if you're interested in any of those things, make sure you tune into those episodes of the podcast. We, the, the other ones will be classified as ESC minis as they usually are. Uh, pay-per-view reviews are like what usually 20 30 minutes for us so you know depending on the show we've had hour and a half long pay-per-view reviews before for like full gear oh, 2023 yeah. the, the reviews you never know it's it's however that show goes but Absolutely. predictions we try and keep it short and you know sweet for short everyone. sweet to the point get it done um and by the way those of you that saw the everyone doing their mock drafts for aw collision this week uh make sure you go check out go check out ours if you haven't already that's back in your podcast feed a, a week or two um we did one first we were there first get on our level sean ross app um so yeah uh, sean ross simp anyway um so you know he's ever he really has been sean ross simp since he brought into nice salcedo hasn't he anyway um <laughs> anyway that being said um that's gonna get me canceled all right anyway um so yeah that being said though uh i don't think i missed anything charlie did i did did, did i remember remind me i, don't I think, think so. we are good to roll into would you say we're all gooch in the hooch all gooch in the hooch to roll into some favorites of the all right game. all right all right round one fight anyway um so we're starting off with some very strong action here um not new japan strong but rod is strong in a false count anywhere match with uh chris jericho who again charlie when was the last time chris jericho had a bad match like it's been a little bit i think it's been since like the this time last year or something like that like maybe even do we have to go all the way back before he started with eddie <laughs> that's like almost two years ago now that's insane anyway um jericho's been on one of them runs yeah, he, maybe he's going to retire soon. Not like soon, soon, but like in the next like three years, maybe he's going to retire and he'll be able to win the world title one more time and be like, I'm out. Peace, bitches. You know, I'm going to go play music. Peace. Come come wrestle on the cruise or something like that. Imagine if he started doing a year round Jericho wrestling cruise and he just booked people on various shows. I'd be awesome at different stops. And he planned oh, yeah, stops cool. around fucking AEW place. Oh, that would be some shit. I don't know how you do that. It'd be a really cold cruise if it was just around the East Coast and West Coast of the United States. But I mean, hey, fuck it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Whatever. But Jericho's been having a really fun run of matches. Now, False Count Anywhere is a weird stipulation for me. Like, I usually like it tacked on to, like, another kind of stipulation match. So if it's, like, Extreme Rules, if we're going to do that, we might as well throw False Count Anywhere in there sometimes, too. But as a match in and of itself, they, they don't always hit for me, you know, because... It's usually more about going backstage and messing around with the arena, which I mean, whatever. I just it's not as compelling to me as, as watching them wrestle in the ring a lot of times. 
Uh, but they actually did a really good job here of um, of doing some things that were interesting. Um, Aubrey Edwards has obviously not watched any Roderick Strong matches because she almost got taken the fuck out by one of his elbows. Um, <laughs> yeah. That happened. Um, and uh, I liked security having to hold the crowd back because they just there was a bunch of people out in the concourse when they got out to that part of the match that were just following. It was like there was like a fucking marching band following them. It was crazy. Like um just the visuals of this match were different than what we saw i said when, I, when we were watching this live together i said to you this reminded me of the the tape that eddie always talks about um that made him really interested in wrestling of memphis bloodiest rawls where i think it was like jerry lawler and somebody like that like fighting in the backstage concourse with like condiments and shit like that or whatever you know what i mean like yeah so and like a lot of blood and uh i don't think there was any blood in this match that i can remember but um but you know it was just a lot of like really fun spots around uh, we had a Mr. Softy attack at one point, um, which I'm assuming is soft serve. I just am assuming that because he said ice cream later on on Rampage. Okay. So, uh, oh, they did a slap fight over the staircase. I thought someone was going over, bro. I, I really did. I was like, someone's dying. It's it's time. Um, and then uh, he pinned him outside after getting help from Adam Cole, who uh, I didn't mention that. So the, the stipulation for this match wasn't just false count anywhere. There was also a, a stipulation that, the JAS and Adam Cole were not allowed in the building at the time. So where was Adam Cole? He was right outside the building waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed this match. Adam Cole hitting him with the boom and then Roddy with that like jumping knee and picking up the win. Uh, when was the last time you saw somebody pinned outside in a wrestling match? I don't know if that's, has that ever happened. It has to have happened at some point, right? Like I can tell you what, it felt refreshing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. It was a really fun way to... Uh, and I liked that this show was just in the middle of the show. This could have been a main event, but this was just a yeah. random middle of the show match. And I think they went to commercial afterward, I want to say. Like, just well well done segment. You know, like, I really enjoyed that. And it rolled right into the next match, which was also really fun, which is actually, the I think, the other match we're going to be talking about, Charlie. Is that, is that correct? Before you, if you have anything else you want to say about this, but I believe... The next match on the show was uh, was was your favorite. You are as well. correct, and it's the next match. And yeah, just to kind of talk about this match for a second, um, God, how how refreshing did this feel? I mean, seriously, the the show was going pretty well, and then we get this match, and you know, you might be thinking one way or another on how it's going to go. And in the first twenty seconds, Roddy fucking. Yo, bro, look at the last. Hold on, look at this segment, yeah. the segment before, and the segment after. That like thirty or forty minutes of television must have been insane. Like, yeah. And if you're curious about how this match is going to go, within 20 seconds, Roddy stiffs Jericho in the fucking chin with a knee. And, you know, it, it, it's like, okay, Jericho's here, to, not here to play. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna go all out. They're going to make each other look great. I thought it played into the I story well there. with Adam Cole. I will say this. I, I started to feel like Jericho might need a win. Um, we'll see. We'll see. He might be beating Cole. No, I'm I'm kind of okay if Adam Cole loses his first match back. Yeah. I know people are gonna be like, no, it's no, but fine. It's fucking Chris yeah. Jericho, man. Exactly, it's Chris Jericho. Don't worry too much. But yeah, I really and you know what? This. If he beats him now, guess what? We're all gonna pop super loud for baby, baby. Yeah. So, um, speaking of that, let's go into the next match where we've been telling a really fun story with Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So the past couple weeks, they've uh, the match, of course, is Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, facing off with Roosh. The past couple weeks, you know, MJF's been kind of telling him, like, hey, man, you're not good enough to be champ. It's been pissing him off. And he says, the reality is, you should just be my guy. 
You should just go out there and and no 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 no. The reality is Zach Clayton. Essentially, hey, essentially join the dark side of the force, Jungle Boy. Do what must be done, Jedi. And you know he he's already comm- he cracked uh, Christian Cage over the head with the concerto. Hey, speaking of Christian Cage, if he does turn to the dark side, there's your faction. Bring back, yeah, he, bring he back fucking Luchasaurus. Bring back fucking evil. What would the evil version of uh, Jurassic Express be? Yeah, it, it'd be fucking disgusting. They they would they would kill people. But here's the thing. All that going into this. Jurassic Mayhem. <laughs> all that going into this match, Roosh has to deliver. Um because the reality is, you know, Roosh doesn't get that many opportunities on television, but when he does, he exceeds them. And this match told the story of Roosh beat the ever living fuck out of little man Jack Perry here. He looked like a fuck he Roosh looked like a million bucks. Let's just be straight up. There's a reason why Roosh is some people's favorite wrestler. And when you watch this match back, you see exactly why. This guy, he is the definition of like an all out brawl out fucking brawler. You know what I mean? Hold up, hold up, hold up. We don't need more brawl out. Hold on. (laughs) But um, there are so many crazy spots in here with Roosh stiffing the fuck out of him. The main one people are going to look at is when they're on the apron and he pretty much suplexes him over the side. And. How does this match? Yeah, end? okay. So let's let's pause. All right, fuck you, IWC. They're wrestlers. They're trained. Jungle Boy has been taking fucking uh, half quarter rolls like his entire career, and you haven't. You can't take that bump, but he can. Shut up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he landed perfect. I don't know. I don't know what what else. Were people mad about that? Do you remember how they reacted when Danielson took that same bump in this match with the uh, Roosh? I think it's so. the same exact thing. Like they almost oh, landed yeah. on their heads, and got, people got mad. It's like. Bro, Dante Martin broke his fucking ankle no, under a no. table, bro. So as far fucking, as I'm concerned, I mean, I've, I've we've had two motherfucking broken legs under tables in AEW, and you're worried about a fucking flip dive off the fucking apron side of the apron, perfectly? which is not fucking safe, but it's not fucking like the most dangerous. Anyway, yeah, no, no, he landed great, and uh, I mean, honestly, it kind of sold. The, Why uh, don't non wrestlers not talk about wrestling like they know what the fuck they're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's kind of it for me. I mean, the the story here also at the end is Jungle Boy is almost proving everyone's point where he had to roll up the guy to win. And he had to get a sneaky steal of a victory. And like I'm telling I mean, you, I'm about to go down to fucking Rockstar and fucking train just so that I can fucking know. You know what I mean? Just so I can know and I can actually speak on this because <laughs> part of me wants to, but it costs yeah. money to train wrestling. So, you know, but still, you know, like. But, but yeah, and and you know. I think Roosh walks away from this match, even though he lost, he is, he looks better. And I think it's going to result whoa, in whoa, more, whoa, pause. more television better. time for Roosh. You think he looked better than Jungle Boy here? I think he looked a million times better than Jungle Boy. Roosh looks like a world champion. Jungle Boy looked like a bitch. There's you know a what, dude? I kind of can't argue with you, dude. I, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to like say something controversial about one of the pillars because I know how beloved they are. Not that I wouldn't no, say something but, controversial but in our pod, that they're going but you know how I am. I'm not going to say something that's inherently himself. inflammatory just because I think it, because not everything I think about wrestling is true. Here's what I wrote about um, about Roosh in this match. He hits really fucking hard, obviously, but he was no-selling the shit out of Jungle Boy, and I think that was intentional by Roosh. I'm not sure if they booked it that way. If they did, Jungle Boy's no, a fucking that's idiot for making himself telling. look stupid. 100%. Yep. So I think it's possible Roosh is one of the next contenders, and maybe that means Jungle Boy's going to win this, and maybe they'll run it back. You know, I would like to see that. You know, getting Roosh's yeah. first, or I guess I say he got one against Moxley, but his second or third world title shot against fucking. I think he might have had one against Hangman too, didn't he? As well, I'm not even kidding. I think he might have, but 
Um, yeah. Somebody so, like that anyway. But yeah, I, I would like, I would like to see uh, Roosh used more, but it sucks. Jungle Boy is Jungle Boy the weakest. Like right, I gotta right? ask you this question: Is Jungle Boy the weakest pillar? Um, weakest pillar. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta wage, you gotta wager all their success, right? Who's right, the who has, right, who has the least character among them? Well, well Jungle Boy, it, who has the least no, ridiculously I, good matches among them. Jungle I would Boy. say if you're going to weigh one thing, you got to weigh their singles success. And Jungle Boy has no singles champion. Have all three of the others been involved in a four and a half or five star match? And it's Jungle Boy. Oh, I'm sure. I think all their matches have been four and up. Uh, but in the sense of MGF's a world champ, Darby's a what? Two time TNT champ. And Sammy's a three time TNT champ. Jungle Boy's been a tag champ, which even Jungle though Boy's I like think tag, tag wrestling should be considered world championship wrestling. We all know it's not, you know? Well, there's a difference between winning a tag belt and winning a singles, and Jungle Boy has not won the singles. So I think, as of today, yes, his stock is the lowest. That can that can change. You is know, that next... the reason why he has to win? Then does that because... tell us what's happening? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something I really haven't thought about uh, too much. With you know, when we get to our predictions, oh, I haven't even this uh, weekend. Well, let me just say now, a spoiler for both of our. Pred- I don't think either of us are not picking MJF. Yeah, but the fascinating thing is, I think if you were going to take it off of him, this is the match to do it. Yeah, you could, you could, you very well could. Um, yeah, but uh, let's jump into what happens after this. All right, no, hold on. Uh, before connected. we do that, I do want to say one thing because we're doing the thing that I like to do where I where I harp on a point because I find an interesting conversation bit and it ends up taking up more time than it should on one of our favorites but I'm I'm rolling right now so just 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 deal with my 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 meanness for a second Charlie but if 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 Jungle Boy is the weakest pillar right and if we are trying to go into the next pay-per-view with the strongest possible champion is there any argument that any of the other guys besides MJF is a stronger champion than him going into Forbidden Door? Just answer that question for me. Because I'm oh, going to go with no. myself. None of them, I don't think of them any of them are stronger champions. champions. No, no, no. Not even close. Now, you can make the case to me that Sammy could be in, like, another year. Sure, because now we're starting this Sammy babyface thing, which kind of gets into the next thing we'll talk about. Dude, and it's working, by the it's way. Working. They're turning him back, and it's working, and I think he's happy about it. Because I think Sammy brings just a whole other element to the ring. That I mean, they all bring different styles, right? But, you know, I, I don't know. It, Darby Allen will always kind of be the hardcore guy. So, you know, Jeff Hardy got a world title run. Darby Allen could get a world title run. It could be perfectly Oh, fine. I hope he does. Maybe not even a world title run. I would like to see him get a world title run. Like, maybe like a three-day world title run. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it fits Darby super well. You know what I mean? Like, only having it for a few days because maybe he like, gets injured on the way up or something and immediately loses it. But... Not like actual injured, shoot injured, but like, you know, like the angle, you know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I bet he would love that fucking angle. And he like maybe it's a, like a 40 minute match or a 30 minute match where he gets just gets to fucking like, you know, show off but, how he can sell. Oh, that'd be awesome. Anyway, if there's um, one thing and then you put it on somebody yet, everyone really uh, wants it to be on, like, I don't know, Adam Cole or something. Imagine Adam Cole versus Darby Allen and it's a bloodbath and Adam Cole wins. Anyway, um, but yeah. uh, there's options. But as of today, I still don't see anyone. I think MJF is the strongest champion, bro. I think that's the, I think yeah. that's the reality. I didn't mean to derail what you were about to have no, us go no. into, but I just thought that that point popped into my head, and I thought I shouldn't let it go because sometimes I do on these shows, and and I just you know I never get back to them. I mean, yeah, it's a fair point of kind of judging the pillars. There's a reason that perhaps all their segments together seem to be dropping in ratings. You know, 
There, there's a whole rabbit hole you could go down with this thing and really like. Maybe we should out do. Would you want to do like a 20 minute breakdown of the pillars and see and compare them to our pillars? And instead of doing the pillars of chaos episode, what if we did that? And we compare yeah, breaking down AEW's pillars. And we could even ours. talk shit about our own pillars and be like, yeah, these are what. And then we can actually like maybe at the end of that show try and establish who are the four core people of AEW that we without would be done. It'd yeah. be fascinating because pillars I, of the future. Yeah. But um, after this match, we kind of alluded to it, but uh, Sammy and Darby came out to help Jungle Boy getting beat down. And, you know, it kind of pertains to the conversation they had earlier in the night. And Bro, like a fucking 40-mile-an-hour wind gust could knock over fucking Jack Perry. He was getting chants. He was getting cheered. Is it just Texas or is it the babyface push? Who knows yet, but that's a good sign going forward for the new Sammy Guevara character. So yeah, do you think been... he was just over? Okay, that's a good question. Was he over as a babyface because Texas? Because he's from Texas? Or I don't know. Do you think? Do you think? We'll have to wait and see next week. We truly won't know that answer. Until do you think Sammy's week. earned his way back? Do you think he's suffered enough of being booed at this point, or do you think he needs a little bit longer? Oh yeah, he needs to get the hell out of the JAS though, because they've reached a point now where him and him and doesn't and, it feel like they're telling that like, story though? Like that he's been talking with MJF and then talking with Ty Mello. Which, by yeah, the way, he, and everything she's done right now has been awesome. Give no, Time Ella some more TV yeah. time, please. But They ran with the Mega Heel thing, and now it's time to move on to something else. So, Would you want to see her try and pull Anna Jay back to the light as well? Nah, I'd rather see them fight. Oh, no, that would be a TJ fucking showdown. You know what? I know exactly how you book it. TJ at uh, Forbidden Door, street fight. Boom. Ooh, okay. Excuse me. I had to, have I had we? To did we have any straight AEW matches besides the women's title match last year on Forbidden Door? Or did we um, even have a women's title match? Yeah, I think no, we did, we, right? We had Tony Storm and uh, Thunder Rosa. Is that when? Uh, oh that yeah, was that match. was actually one of Thunder's best title defenses. Actually, oh, it's incredible. Okay, so let's. Uh, Sorry, let's everyone. Hit some I'm. News. I, it's the alcohol. I swear. <laughs> let's hit some news, and then we're gonna hit a little uh, New Japan. Uh, Results coverage. We won't have too much. And then Ring of God. We haven't watched it ourselves, but and then we will get some Ring of Honor, which you'll be taking the lead of, and then Rampage and Dynamite. And yeah, so can, can I just say when we when we start doing collision reviews, I'm still gonna be the person that reviews Ring of Honor. I'm just telling you now. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll do two and two. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Okay. So kicking us off with the news, I added this, but doesn't really feel like. uh Tony Khan pretty much went on to explain why he chose Wembley over Craven Cottage. Just, you know, he'd love to do a big event at Craven Cottage, but Wembley offered him several things that uh, that one didn't. Let me also say this. If he wasn't trying to take a big swing, it would have been Craven Cottage because he doesn't have to pay for that. He just has access to it from his dad. You know what I mean? I mean, he yeah. probably does have to pay for it. I'm sure they'd make out some, you know, I'm sure he pays his dad at that point because you can't just, I don't think you can just do that. Um, I'm sure you could, but like. Instead of negotiating how that works in some sort of deal, he just says, hey, dad, how, what's the family price? And then he gets the price of renting the stadium for because I assume they have to pay for these locations, right? Like, or maybe not. Maybe they get paid to do that. How does that work? Okay. Somebody who has anyone worked in live event coordination? Does to, anyone yes, know? Hit us up on Twitter because I actually offer. genuinely don't know how these events are planned. You know, like, yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like, hey, TK, if you if you listen to these fucking aw simp podcasts out there like ours if you if you're i'm curious if, if you were in an interview like and you can make a point out of this i would like to know how 
right, if you're a person that does get into those answers scrums at the end of these pay-per-views, if you're at the double nothing, double or nothing scrum, here's what I want you to ask if you listen to our podcast. Ask them, how is live event coordination even done? Because I feel like the general public just doesn't know. And I feel like it's something that Tony Khan does super well that we don't give him enough credit for. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, okay. Fight Forever, AEW's video game. Uh, it's been it's been a little quiet for a couple I'm months. I'm so sad I wanted to play it, Charlie. But, uh, <laughs> but that's all for good reason, because it has officially in a release date of June 29th. So but I'm poor. Be, Pay for it, Sims. It'll be releasing for everywhere. And then, um, yeah. So that's a good sign for AEW to get that video game out during the summer. So, yes, yeah, the first ever console video. So what's it so, going to be, a $60, $70? Probably. Yeah, I'm All right. sure. If you, if you want to see our reaction to that game, come into my Twitch, come to twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derbs. Donate me $140. I'll send 70 of that to Charlie. Okay? <laughs> you think I'm capping. I have a cash app. Charlie, I will do this if they do this. You know? I will send you the money and we will buy the game. You better set that money aside and buy that motherfucking game. That's all I'm saying, you know? Like, Hell yeah. All right, so... So do it. Twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derbs. Donate. Here's the meat of today's announcements. Um, AW Collision has officially been announced. It was revealed at the Warner Brothers Discovery up front in New York City by the promotion itself. And it was officially announced to start Saturday, June 17th at 8, 7 Central on TNT. Wow. Uh, the logo, first of all, is absolutely beautiful. Um. And on the poster, up in, up front and center, you got Miro, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs, and the returning Andrade. All right, first so, question. Does this mean QTV moves to collision? Maybe. Maybe. Because um, we do know this. Universal has announced its last taping with Ring of Honor. Oh, so so Ring of Honor will be taped. Ring in front of, of Honor live crowds will going officially forward. be going with Collision. They they have now. That's just the last taping for now. It's a two. Yeah, they'll they'll probably have taping. weeks where they can't where they just don't have the they don't want to work that crowd that hard, and so they just book it in Universal yeah. instead. You know what I mean? So, that would make sense. You know what I mean? When they just can't or Charlie, this is something interesting I hadn't even considered travel travel shit. You know what I mean? If somebody lives in Florida, it might be easier to tape a match with them in Florida. They should start doing it the way they did Dark, where sometimes they would kind of piece it together from live and not live. I know that sounds kind of lame, but like honestly, just make the matches you want to make. Fuck it. If it has to be travel considerations, you know what I mean? Like, do it. Do it, I Tony. Book it, Tony. Seeing... <laughs> I think we're going to end up seeing Ring of Honor be a solid hour, but who knows? Well, they're going to, they've been running and trying new shit left and right with it. So, you know, we got to give them updates uh, on whatever happens. Bro, I okay. think I melted everybody's ears with that last one. And I'm now, sorry. Let's, I'm sorry. now we got to talk about the stuff that uh, sucks. Where was Sam? Can, can we just not? Are we allowed to no. do that? Can I just cancel this segment? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to speak on it if you don't want to. But um, uh, where you know the the glaring hole here? Where the fuck was CM Punk on this announcement? This was supposed to be. Everyone's been covering it for months. You know, CM Punk's big return, the second coming. I feel like we saw June 17th about three weeks ago, you know? So I I just, it's a little shocking that CM Punk was not involved. And, you know, that raised the question. As the day goes on, someone from Warner Bros. mentions 
Yeah, Punk's not involved with the show, and everyone's of course like, hey, all right, bro. I got, I got to say some things. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, but like um, fucking, you all know, I'm the CM Punk guy on this podcast. I said from day one, the only reason I came back to wrestling was this man because I love CM Punk. CM Punk is my guy. He has been my guy since like 2008. You know, like I remember watching the pay per view, and I made my parents buy that pay per view because it was Jeff fucking Hardy versus fucking cm punk in an extreme rules match and for the world title now it wasn't for the wwe title but it was for the world title and to me that was like the biggest craziest match i never thought i'd ever see and they had a fucking banger of a match and then years down the road cm punk versus i think john moxley is the thing that brought me back to wrestling because i saw the segments from that feud and i was like bro you can't be this good in this late of an age of wrestling yeah and he came back and it was glorious. And he had match after match after match. He gave us a pillar in Lee Moriarty. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. We would not have even looked at Lee Moriarty if CM Punk hadn't. You know what I mean? And that's just not saying that we wouldn't have figured him out eventually. We were already looking at him. But we hadn't figured out our pillars yet. We hadn't done any of that stuff yet. For me, CM Punk brought me back to wrestling. And I got to be honest with everybody. If you want to know why I'm drinking on this episode of the podcast, it's not just because I got a little bit of alcohol. I could have saved it till after. I've done that before. I'm drinking on this episode of the podcast because CM Punk is genuinely trying to ruin AEW. And it pisses me off. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. And, you know, you might be wondering, oh, where, where's he coming from that? But here's the thing. Punk was supposed to be on this. This was supposed to be the big announcement. Where the fuck is he? Well, uh, Nom 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 has found his way back into our fucking hearts. Ace Steel is here. Oh, yeah, he's he's under contract, by the way. He's getting paid. So why CM Punk is not okay with that in and of itself? Like, okay, so, I know I'm nobody to speak on this because I'm not CM Punk. I'm not AJ Lee. I'm not Ace Steel. And I'm not the Young Bucks. And I'm not Hangman Adam Page or Colt Cabana. But you know what I do know about working with people that I don't like? Because I used to do it every day of my life when I worked at a customer service job when everybody there just wanted to go home and not deal with the shitty ass customers all day, you know? I know that you can coexist with people that you don't like. So this tells me that they already have gone into... Charlie, doesn't Ace Steel being at the company? I mean, there's no way the Young Bucks don't know that, right? Like... Oh, Agreed. I mean, they're fucking EVPs. It would be under their purview probably to know that. You know what I mean? Like, whether or not they're, like, involved, like, people claim. Like, I don't even know if I buy that they're not involved bullshit that came out a while ago because, like, when Cody was with all the strife with the company and, like, oh, the EVPs don't have the power they used to. Meanwhile, Cody was still, like, literally an actual executive. Well, yeah, well, the problem is people thought that they booked the show. that And it was just never true. So it's it's this weird claim that always comes back and forth. Anyway, my point is, like, I know... How much I love CM Punk, and I want him to be back in wrestling, Charlie. Those glorious couple of months when he was building up his feud with MJF, prior feuds before that, the match with Eddie Kingston at full gear, this guy yeah. was killing it. Even his Stuff run with, with John Moxley, despite all the bullshit about Rocky Three, is is you know, which I still haven't seen. I haven't seen Rocky One, but I don't care. I guess I fit right into that CM Punk demographic then, huh? But anyway, you know, like... um, <laughs> I love CM Punk, Charlie. He's my favorite wrestler in the world, besides Brian Danielson. And I don't think he's ever coming back, and it hurts me. You know, it hurts me like when he left for seven years. Yeah, it will. You know, hopefully he does come back. But you know, the Ace Steel thing, just to put the what the information is as of right now out there. 
Um, it sounds like, as we all have covered, Ace Steel was publicly fired. He was, I think, the second or third person ever publicly fired from AEW. And it was a big deal. Is the only one fired from, from the brawl out from All Out. And from what we're hearing, Tony Khan allowed Ace Steel to work remotely with Punk on his return to Collision. Sounds like that wasn't good enough. Well, let me be clear. And Do I think CM Punk is unreasonable for wanting his guy that literally went to war for him back in his corner when he comes back? I don't think that's unreasonable. What's unreasonable is th- that he wants that guy back after what he did. Yeah. I- I'm not saying that Ace Steel should never be allowed back in an AEW building. Maybe he should be eventually. But I think at least for the comeback time, he should maybe stay remote at least until shit cools down a little bit, you know, because it seems like it's still red hot, especially based on. And guys, I got to tell you, IWC, you got to calm down with this drama because the more you heighten it up, the more it gets back to those guys. And do you really think all of them are sitting around right now being the best of people saying, you know, I could genuinely believe Kenny Omega is doing this, but the young bucks, the young bucks are spoiled rich kids. So you know what their attitude is going to be, you know, I don't care if they're the best people in the world. they genuinely probably feel wronged in this instance. I wouldn't blame them if they did, but I'm saying like, you know what I mean? Like, so, and I also heard somebody else's point recently, which is that just because you say when you're like an injured wrestler, that's like in the, and this is something Cornette said, but like, and I didn't even consider this, Charlie, but like, I think it was pretty well known backstage that he was probably, I mean, maybe they didn't know he was hurt after that match, but they did essentially attack an injured guy, you know, like essentially, I mean, really, you know, like even well, if he started it, <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't say, really matter because unfortunately when, when those guys throw the first punch and start biting, yeah, you're going to fight back. It's, I'm not saying that they weren't justified in fighting back, but they also did, I mean, uh, can we all argue, can we all at least agree that if they hadn't shown up in the first place that they could have possibly resolved the situation better and instead they decided to be hotheads and run into his fucking locker room? I mean that's that's the thing. We weren't in the room. I'm I'm saying like, even if it was a peaceful, cordial conversation and punk escalated it, there was hot fucking blood when he came out of that fucking dressing room. I'm just going to ask you this, Charlie, if me and you, we've never really argued. We've gotten into a few tiffs, but we've never really argued at all. But if me and you had just gotten into a massive fight, like would, or or, sorry, if I had just like gotten into like, if I had just gone, like say we lived in the same, like we don't live close to each other, but say like I, I was down in where you live. I won't say where it is for, you know, to protect you, but you know, like say I was down where you lived and we just got, you know, into like some sort of like, we had some sort of like building tension for a while Mm -hmm. and I talked some shit about you on my stream or something like that. Right. Like, would you show up to my door? And be like, yo, what's up? No, but... You would probably text me and be like, yo, what's going on? You know, and then try and resolve it peacefully before we meet up and start throwing fists. You know, like... So, I think there is something to be said about... Cooler heads could have prevailed here. It's a bunch of fucking athletes that that are clearly hot-headed and maybe some of them are on roids, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm never, I would never put it past the young buck. I mean, they did have to go up to heavyweight, right? You know, like, so, you know, like, <laughs> um, and CM Punk, uh, uh, straight edge. Look, he, anyway, I mean, you know, how do you look like that when you're straight edge? But you know, like, um, he thought he was untouchable and he found out real quick. He wasn't. And I, I think that's going to, but you know who Punk else thinks they're untouchable. Too. And I think this needs to be said, Charlie, I think the young bucks and the Kenny Omega think they're untouchable too. I don't think so. They, the fact that they got suspended, even though Charlie, they, they are, got to come back. It is. I know he was you know? injured, but like he could have like at least been like, 
Like it felt like what it feels like right now as a scorned CM Punk fan is that <laughs> CM Punk has been put in this position where he can do nothing besides say things. And it's always going to come off as a bitter fucking person who's like left out because of the way the young bucks were able to come back. I'm not saying you should have kept them off of TV the entire time. AEW would have died 1000%, but I don't know what, like, shit just hit the fan in the worst way possible with Punk getting injured and then the brawl out happening. And oh, if yeah, that's the, the ending of CM Punk's career, ever... it's going to be the most yeah. disappointing thing that I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. CM Punk's press conference is going to single-handedly stain his career. And that's, we're seeing the repercussions still. He wasn't on this announcement. Like, that's, the bottom line is that. He fucked up and, you know, who knows why. You know, as we've talked about before, these guys have massive, massive egos. Do, do you want me to say the thing that so, I don't think any CM Punk fan wants to admit, but I'll be the one to admit it? We'll you know what I think it was? Pressure. Oh, sure. I mean, f- the reality is, when he f- first joined the company, all those guys were hanging out, posting pictures together, you know, going to Remember the AW ride-along with Britt Baker, Brian Danielson, and whoever the hell else was in that? Like, that was and fun. Just, I, I I don't know. It's he he goes into companies and shit happens, and it's just unfortunate. And but uh, we're not taking that stance because he he worked in Impact and was fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sure that Ring of Honor is a good example because there's people from Ring of Honor time that don't like him, right? Like Kevin Owens. Well, but the for reality example. is, if if he doesn't, if he goes on that, if he if CM Punk does the press conference like a normal human, and then afterwards maybe goes and talks to the guys. This never happens. He's you know what he champion. needs to do, though? and he, uh, Charlie, unless he comes back a double or nothing, I don't think we're going to get this soon enough before it needs to happen. He needs to go on a press conference and apologize. Yeah, but his ego will never let him do that. That's what. It, that's the problem we always keep running back to. And I genuinely believe, I, I believe in, I, I certainly know the Young Bucks are godly men, so they believe in forgiveness. I don't know what Kenny's disposition is, not that it matters, but I'm just saying I know religious people generally believe in forgiveness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... I would like to think that Kenny is a level-headed enough person to know the match that he could have with Punk is one of the biggest matches well, yeah. in AEW history, you know? Like, so they they all know it. And it's 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 unfortunate because I think the egos of everyone is not going to let it happen. Cuz none of them are going to apologize to each other and that's it's just the same cycle that's going to continue. And I think and, and and you know what fuck anybody else that disagrees with me. I think Hangman Page should apologize to CM Punk. Because let's be real, I genuinely believe that Punk is petty enough to take that shit and hold a fucking grudge against that entire group for it. Exactly. Yes. Everyone forgot about what Hangman said, and then he brings it up. That that lets us know everything. He held on to it. No one. I don't think. So if he's covered. that slighted by Hangman, those two need to squash the beef. And and he did it in a public way that just. Yeah. It's a, it's the endless. Because again, what's one of the biggest matches you could have as a rematch now? Punk versus Hangman because of the tension there. Yeah. It'd say a lot if they all work together. So, all right. I'm going to move on from that. CM Punk is the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat uh, Club. That would actually be awesome booking, honestly. It would fit. It could, but, uh, yeah, we got to see what happens with him because. CM Punk, Brian Danielson tag team, question mark. At this point, it's just sad. Um, the fact that he wasn't on this announcement. Now, you know so. what's sad? That Miro can only get on TV once in six months. 
Yeah, well, that's because he thinks losing actually kills his career. Go ask Roosh about that. I think losing does a lot. You can lose in AEW, guys. It's okay. Okay, Resurgence, here we go. I'm going to fly through this. Mercedes Monet defeated Stephanie Vaquer in the uh, strong open tournament or the strong women's championship. Will Nightingale defeated Yo, she got she, – dude, the, she's – wait, has she won two championships in six months? Bro. No, no, it was a playoff for the final. The, the, oh, the main okay, event, so she's in the championship match now. That gotcha. sets up our main event of Willow versus Mercedes. Street oh, fight. Oh, bro. Juice oh, Robinson. I don't even know what I'm that match, bro. <laughs> Juice Robinson defeated Fred Rosser. Um, Aussie Open, sad, sad day. They relinquished the IWGP and NJPW strong tag titles. Um, pretty much Kyle Fletcher came to the ring and said, dude, when Mark Davis injury, they had to relinquish. Sad, sad fucking day. They get to the top and lose it all. They um, should have just route. They should have just uh, what do they call that? Freebirded it and let Willard Willard Willard, Willard, Willard defend. <laughs> NGPW Strong Openweight Championship. Kenta defeats Haikuleo. He is a two-time champion. After the match, Eddie Kingston said, uh, "What's up, bro? I'm I'm coming for your belt, bro." Kenta versus fucking Kenny, bro. Yep. Or Ken- Kenny, sorry, versus uh, uh, fucking uh, Eddie. Eddie, I meant to say Kingston. John Moxley, Willie Yuta. And the bad boy, Shota Umino, defeat Rocky Romero, Okada, and Tomohiro Ishii. So, uh, Blackpool Combat Club defeats Chaos. Is Tanahashi hurt right now or something? No, he wrestled uh, later in the night. Um, Okada and Moxley is the story coming out of this. Because Moxley said he could beat him in under eight minutes. We're going to get that singles match and it's going to kick fucking ass. Is, is that your forbidden door? Uh, it might be. IWGP United States Contenders Tournament. Will Ospreay defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, again, everything's all but confirmed. Will versus Kenny at Forbidden Door is going to be the shits. And then the main event of the evening, where an injury happened. Pain. Willow Nightingale defeated Mercedes Monet to become the new NJPW Strong Women's Champion. And during the match, Mercedes broke her ankle. So, tough break, but... Uh, looking towards the positive here, Poor choice of Willow words. Nightingale, her star moment has officially come. She's the first New Japan Strong Women's Champion. She's a champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's only a matter of Wait, time. so that's how that works in New Japan? So, so she got injured, she becomes the champion? No, she defeated her to win it. I don't know if that was the call. Oh. It might have been. It might have been. Sound, I could it see sounds like New they Japan cut the match pivoting. short, and pretty much once Mercedes got hurt, she couldn't put any pressure on her ankle. And Dude, what Willow a big hit. win for Willow. Yep, Willow beat Mercedes. Willow hit her with a powerbomb, one, two, three. So Willow better show up to the next ring of honor taping with that strong title. That's all I'm saying. So some New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of Super Juniors updates. We're going to jump to uh, where we're at as of today. And I totally just fucked up how I was going to do that. But that's okay because... The tournament's been happening. As of as of recording this, Block A is finished. We know the finals in Block A. And then uh, Block B is getting their finals tomorrow. So probably by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll have seen that if you wanted to. But, yeah. Um, which show? We have shows 8, 7, 6, and 5 to talk about? And 4. Okay. I won't go through them all. That's all right. What, what, 
next week we're going to do like a, we'll make a list of our favorite matches from the best of super juniors and kind of talk about them and we'll have some fun with that but you're gonna have to help me with that because there's so many matches oh yeah and so basically where we stand as of right now the best of super juniors the updated standings um the b block you have master wado yo and el desperado all at 12 points robbie eagles at 10 francesco akira clark connors at eight Kevin Knight, Dan Maloney at six, Yoshinobu Kanemaru at four, and Bushi at two. So most guys are knocked Bushirini. out. It, it's a battle for top two. And then this is a, kind of a spoiler to me. I did not know this, but uh, New Japan, the A block. We have our final set on top of it with a seven and two record. Mike Bailey finishes with 14 points. He is a one. And to the surprise, I think, of all of us, Hiromu Takahashi did not make the finals. Teton, with 12 points and a 6-3 and three record, is A2. So, Mike Bailey and Teton are your two guys advancing out of the A block. And I can tell you right now, their match The together, first match they had, like last week or whatever it yep, was, was incredible. Fucking incredible. My favorite Teton match ever. And Mike Bailey, guys... Mike Bailey in Japan is seriously on another fucking level. Uh, if New quick, Japan isn't, like, making a deal with Impact to get this guy for, like, the next six months, they're fucking idiots. They need to book him at, at Dominion for this title. I hope he wins. I'm starting to really hope he wins. But, um, yeah, we'll talk more next week about the tournament as a whole. We'll kind of go through some stuff there and talk about the finals. Because each sleep late, like, we've, it's on Friday. There's not going to be much news from now to Friday. Well, we're going to talk about how uh, it's either at Daily Sports Watch CM Punk just United decide State. to quit wrestling again in the next three yeah. days. So, yeah, we'll see how all that works out. But um, I think that moves us on to some of our results for the night. So, Ring of Honor. Duke, if you want to take it away here with our Ring of Honor episode... 12. 12. Episode 12 on Honor Club. We opened it up with a really fun match. In, uh, we, we opened things up with Gringo Loco taking on Ray Phoenix. Um, yeah, so some high flame, flippy fun and athleticism that they immediately got into. Uh, it's a great match on paper, honestly. It's just super fun. I remember when I saw this announced, I was like, bro, look at the Gringo match. And you were like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> it was one of the ones that I was like, yeah, this would be a really fun match to have with Gringo Loco. Love that he's becoming an ROH guy. I hope he becomes like an ROH like staple and becomes a world champion because this guy is fucking good. And he was just chilling in AAA. Agreed. Yep. Like, he was just chilling over there. Um, I loved the little reference of uh, the El Santo story from Nigel McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis is just, oh, God, goaded on commentary. Anyway, um, they uh, hit a, my, my favorite named move ever, which might be the Frankensteiner driver. Uh, that was a fun name for a move. Uh, they had some really good near falls. It had a slow but like really good pace. Uh, they got some dueling chance on a Ring of Honor Universal show. So you know, like, uh, not Universal, like Ring of Honor uh, Daily's Place show. You know what I mean? So I mean, say Universal, whatever the fuck. I don't really care. At the 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 taping, they got them to to chant legitimately. Um, great. Oh chance, my man. god, the Canadian destroyer off the second rope. What a spot. Uh, Gringo Loco oh, is a so freak, good. dude. And then got the win with the twisting cutter. Did Phoenix um, the wing in in the next segment? Made their Ring of Honor debut later on in the show. They were, they did like a little thing saying like, "Hey, we're the wingmen. Look at us. We're the wingmen." 
Maddie Renkowski took on Willow <laughs> Nightingale. But it's a beautiful musical silence from Caprice Coleman. Crowd was with this match. It was short. It was good. Uh, we need a babe with the power t-shirt merch team. Get on that. Um, Ring of Honor merch team, work your ass off, please. We need a babe with the power shirt. I would buy, I would buy, would you not buy a babe with the power shirt? I totally would. I'm in. Book it. Uh, and have it be like the, uh, you know, like the wrestling silhouette image of the move. Have it, her be doing the move. You know how like when she gets them like halfway up, she kind of brings them down. Have it be in that motion. I feel like that, you know, like the nice, the Nike swoosh logo. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Nike uh, Jordan. Uh, sorry, I should say oh, logo. Yeah. It, we can make that. It could be sick looking. We had Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel taking on Zach Clayton. Who the fuck is Zach Clayton and Cole Carter? Who, who was uh, sleeping with the fishes? Um and uh yeah, so that's a little blast from the past offense from Daniels and Seidel. Uh, uh Everson, you know, I, I know Caprice Coleman didn't intend this like this when he said this, but uh, my new insult for Cole Carter is that he's a creator wrestler. Um <laughs> He looks like a wrestler making 2K. He really does though. <laughs> Damn it. Uh combo power slam move was interesting, and they got the win with the best moonsault ever. We had a little promo package for the Kingdom versus Andretti and Darius Martin in the street fight slash the fight without honor later on in the show. So that was a fun segment. All these Kingdom versus Andretti and Darius segments have been great. Actually, every Kingdom segment has been great. We had two of my favorite recent Ring of Honor Women's Division editions, which is what I'm just going to call them until Tony Khan like literally calls me and says, hey, they're not on the roster. Shut up. Um, so we had Lady Frost taking on Miranda Alize, and uh, they went right after it, man. They wanted to have a match here, and it wasn't, they didn't get a whole lot of time, but they took their opportunity and they ran with it, which I like. Um, I like both of them. Um, I like that they both went after each other with their big moves right away, trying to get a quick win. Um, like, because they're in my head, Charlie, the story they're telling there is that they're all trying to step their game up and just get those quick wins as quickly as possible because how dangerous Athena is, and they know they got to end it quickly or they're going to get destroyed. So I like her uh like uh moonsault being called the or whatever the move that she hits. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head what it is. It's being called the temperature drop. That's a good move for Lady Frost, and Lady Frost picks up the win with it. So and Helico and Serpentico of the SAP took on the Shinobi Shadows the Shinobi Shadow Squad, uh, which uh, for those who don't know is Eli Isom and Cheeseburger. I'm surprised they didn't call them Shinobi Shadow Squad. They used the music. They just didn't call them that for some reason. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. No, whatever. Maybe they don't have the trademark yet, maybe, for the new Ring of Honor? Not not sure. They called them that before, I thought, but maybe they just want to come up with a new name. Uh, Nigel roasted cheeseburger style a little bit. They had a nice sequence um, with uh, Eli Isom, which I think I always write whenever there's an Eli Isom cheeseburger match. I'm like, Eli Isom's just good. Um, and then, uh, weirdly, I, not what I mean, not that I was expecting Shinobi Shadow Squad to win here, but we got a Navarro death roll win for Atlant- uh, Atlantico, Angelico. Um, so I guess Angelico and Serpentico are going to get some wins on Ring of Honor, I guess. Sure. Why not? Um, and the next match, this was a really fun match, Charlie. It was our main event of the evening. Uh, sorry, not the main event of the evening. I'm retarded anyway. Um, and yeah, I will use that term because, uh, I, I saw the discourse around this this week. So the only reason I'm doing that right now is because so this is a side side thing. So I saw there was this discourse about using that word and uh in the VTuber community recently. And this is my stance on that. Yeah, I, I immediately regret saying it just now because it it just totally slipped out and I'm totally canceled now. So anyway. Um but yeah. 
so don't use that word because there are neurodivergent people out there that probably won't like it. Um, so yeah, just to prove my point, I did it. No, I'm, I, all right, anyway. Um, let's just cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> imagine, no, imagine. Have we ever cut anything out of the podcast that we didn't like? Probably not, right? Um, no, it's just unnecessary crap at the end, usually. Yeah. So, you know, if, 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 if everybody wants to cancel me for that, fair enough. You know, I, I, I went too far. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Zack Sabre Jr. took on AR Fox. Uh, I love the nod to Sabre from Nigel. I, like, there was a little comparison made between like two British technical wrestlers by Caprice, and uh, Nigel was like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I like that comparison." So it's almost like Nigel's admitting that he's better than him. So I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. I'd have to really like, look go to a deep breakdown. Probably Zack Sabre is, but I just have to really do a breakdown of it because Nigel's Nigel's early career was really good, you know. Um, but uh good stuff good stuff um the styles mixed up well here which you know when you have a high flyer and a technical wrestler that doesn't always exactly work out but ar fox has enough of a good base as a wrestler that doesn't particularly matter um <clears throat> the pace of this match had a good build of like some drama to it um we got some j- joint manipulation by saber um Ultra Brain selling from him as well. The swapping of the ankle submission into the combined stretch muffler with as much torque as he had on that submission at the end. Yeah. That might have been the craziest finish I've ever seen to a match. There's that just was... a vibe from these Sabre matches that it, it sets the tone, man. It's oh, so I also fun. did forget to mention this was for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Television Championship. Uh, I should have mentioned that as well. Um, but afterward, he cut a little promo being like, yo, who's going to challenge me? Everyone sucks. And then, you know, kind of called out Joe a little bit saying that he was like, the, you know, that he was a better television champion because he actually fights, you know. Um, and Joe was like, yo, that's not cool. How dare you? And then remind me exactly what happens again here. Who was Matt that Seidel and out? Christopher Daniels? That's right. Out. I couldn't remember who it was. Cause I was like, really them? But yeah, so Seidel and Daniels come out and they like challenge both of them. And so now there's going to be a tag match next week. So we're basically, we're running back the Wardlow storyline with Samoa Joe, but just I'm on ring of honor with Sabre jr. I mean, I believe in both guys more than I definitely believed in Wardlow and Samoa Joe as a tag team. So, I mean, it's one of those like crazy tag teams you wouldn't even think they'd put together. So it'll probably be awesome. But holding my breath. But I'm sure yeah. the match that the two of them are going to have is going to be insane. So maybe is that a Forbidden Door match, do you think? I really hope that's not the match they're hoping for Forbidden Door because I think everybody in their brother wants Danielson, door, right? I'm thinking they've already done it, and I don't know that for a fact. So I don't what know. the the uh, the Joe versus they might have already match. had the match. Yeah, it could be. It could be like the last Ring of Honor show before Forbidden Door. They do that. I, I would make sense, or one of the last ones anyway. But either way, um, yeah, that was good. Uh, one thing I noticed about this show: the crowd actually gave a shit, so that's good. Um, <clears throat> we had the Mogul Embassy versus Dalton Castle, and the boy. It wasn't both boys. I forget. Was it Brent in this match? I wasn't even sure. It might have been Brandon. Doesn't really matter. It, it was Brandon. Okay, I I I can't tell them apart because they dress so similarly. But um, because they literally, I mean, they intentionally try and look like the same. Anyway, so oh, yeah. um, only half the peacock on the entrance, which I thought was a nice little touch by Dalton. Um, Dalton's pissed. We had a wash your feet chant. We had a nice little video game wrestling reference when uh when uh Brandon was getting beat up. They said his body would be all red if it was a video game. Um, hey. It was a nice little pop on the hot tag that they like dragged out as much as they possibly could for Dalton. You know what I got the vibe of in this match when Dalton and uh and the boys started getting their little sequence in? 
was uh, I felt like they were like Batman and Robin, bro. That's what it felt like to me, you know? Um, okay. Like when you get those fighting sequences with Batman and Robin where like Batman goes to punch a guy and he's about to get attacked, but then Robin comes in and makes the save. It felt like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway. No, it definitely um, did. They opened the gates on them, which means uh, Gates Vagney picked up the wind here. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, fun little match, you know, I'm glad to see Dalton Castle back on the show. I'm assuming this is going to be a storyline going forward because it's been kind of been since the last couple weeks. So, uh, we had one of my new favorite trios and the work horseman and Shane Taylor taking on Shaft, Ricky Gibson and Eddie Pearl. Um, Caprice made an interesting comment about AEW in this that I'm, I'm not sure that he will make in the future or that they want him to make. He called the workhorseman not very popular on AEW, but very popular on the Indies, which is true. But it, I don't think it does what you think it does when you say that, because I don't think. I mean, maybe Ring of Honor fans don't care, but if I'm a person that hears that, yeah, these guys have been on AEW and they're not very popular. I don't know what that immediately puts in my head, you know, like. Agreed. The, the phrasing could have been better. He could have said very underrated. I think I knew what AEW. he meant. Yeah, I think I knew what he meant, but I think it came across weird. So yeah. Caprice Caprice is up and down sometimes. So it you know, sometimes statements like that, you know, you can sometimes miss a little bit where it's it's all right. It was but a short match. Did like it though. Ten minutes later he'll do a great job putting someone else over. So hundred percent, hundred percent. So nothing against Caprice. I just I I that jumped out at me and I was like, uh, I don't know if I like the way that sounded. What'd you think of Shane teaming with him? No, I, I that's that was my last comment on this was that I really like the trio, so I I hope they okay. keep them together. Um, hear me out. Um, Shane Taylor Promotions presents the Workhorseman. Okay, I, I'd be okay with that, or I'd be okay if like he usurped the throne and like they both agreed to kick out JD Drake. Nothing that would be interesting. Drake. Like he's the new I Workhorseman. Just, I think. Yeah, okay. I think Henry and Taylor. That could be a fun combo. It could be. It could be. They're both really solidly talented wrestlers, and then you could have a uh, JD you know, Drake running an singles. On. Usurps. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we had the righteous backstage and they it seemingly successfully recruited Stu, at least for one week. They're going to get one match. I'm it sounds this. like I'm into this hundred percent. I kind of hope Stu does go with them because he fits their vibe. How he fits cool their look. Be? Do what? How cool would that be? It'd be interesting. And it'd be, it would kind of fit because he was already kind of on the outs with the dark order. So he's kind of been looking for an excuse to leave them. He only came back because they needed him. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm in. Uh, speaking of, like, we had a couple of women's matches on this show that were not Athena this week that I actually am really glad that we got a couple of, like, you know, uh, extra women. And we had the return of Mercedes Martinez taking on Ashley Diembois this week. Uh, Mercedes didn't miss a step. Uh, she no. had a great running neck. She had, there was a great running neckbreaker hit by Ashley at one point. I thought they both looked good here, and uh, Mercedes picks up the win with the Brass City Sleeper, and it sounds like the the story they're going with is she's working her way back up to Athena, so I kind of would hope that there would be somebody else to beat Athena eventually, but you could have Mercedes run it back again, because they were yeah. kind of in the middle of their storyline when she got hurt, so I, I can see them wanting to finish things up there if they wanted to. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the main event of the evening, we had the fight without honor between Darius Martin and Action Andretti and the Kingdom. Um, there's some really interesting spots in this match that I hadn't, if I hadn't seen before, it was not necessarily, they were the first time they were ever done, but I just hadn't seen them myself. So they put the trash can head over, I think it was Mike Bennett. And then they mm-hmm. grabbed a pipe and a chain and started just whacking it with it. And I thought that was really cool because <laughs> it took advantage of the sound of the trash yeah. can and the pipes and all that. And, uh, that's something that you don't always get with these spots. You know, you don't always get the sound translating, but whipping that thing with the chain and the pipe, it just made really nice resonant sounds, which would also do damage to you. I'm sorry. If you're in a trash can and those big bongs are happening, that's going to fuck you up, you know? So, 
Um, yeah, so I like that. Uh, there's some, like I said, some good unique spots in this. There was a spine buster through the, the trash can. There's a little bit of blood in this match. Um, the pile driver on the chairs, mm-hmm. just... I think this what match... What a fucking spot, like... Yeah, I think this match proved a point you've kind of been hammering home about the kingdom and Ring of Honor. This is the core of Ring of Honor. Yes, yeah, 100%. They came out on this main event and fucking delivered against two young guys that have kind of been searching for the next step because... Action is, you know, he did his little thing in AEW. Now he's searching for his next thing. Darius is, he's been injured a lot. And now mm-hmm. he finally gets back and his brother gets injured. So they're searching for their next thing. Put him against the kingdom and they look like a million dollars. 100%. Um, even Maria, so they did a couple of good table spots here. They did they had to run one back and I loved, uh, I think it was, I th- was it Andretti? I forget who it was that went to do the 450 through the table and it didn't break. And then they just quickly pivoted to a Falcon arrow. Through, it might have been Andretti and they pivoted to a Falcon arrow through the table. Um, just good spot there. Um, even Maria got got in this match. I think Mike Bennett accidentally like whacked her in the face. So fucking that happened. Um, more than he usually does. Anyway, um, not not that he hits her, but like you know, we, we all know what Maria's like. You know, he, he probably gets down anyway. Um, the, the big crescendo spot of this match was a doomsday device spot off the ladder, <clears throat> which picked up the win. And uh, Darius Martin in action, Andretti victorious over the Kingdom. Charlie, uh, do you think? Yeah. What do you, do you think this is going to propel either of them forward into potential title contention or anything like that? Like. Um, yeah, because I think, I don't think you continue this feud beyond this match, especially now that your babyface has got the big victory. Uh, yeah, uh, let's, let's hope it, it progresses them to a point of, uh, you know, getting the next tag title shot and it's going to be a fun match, right? In Maybe the promo package leading up to this, Mike Bennett said something really cool, which was rent or sorry, respect is never, you know, you never, you never have, you never own respect. You, you always it's you know it's like rent it's always you know you have to keep paying into it every time every so often you have to pay for it because respect is earned yeah i didn't get the exact phrasing right but it was something to this effect and i they you know they rent was due and both of these guys paid so i think that's pretty cool you know yeah agreed so okay that'll take us into aew dynamite we kick off with Wardlow making his way out there. He called out Cage pretty much after his, uh, I should clarify what Cage, Christian Cage after his comments last week. Pretty much saying, you know, come spit in my face. Yo. Uh, right on cue, Christian Cage made his way to the ring. Luchasaurus says some backup. After a face-off, Christian said Wardlow's time as TNT champ is just about over and was about to spit in his face when the brawl began. The numbers were too much. Cage hit a low blow while Luchasaurus pulled out a ladder from under the ring and choke slam Wardlow through it. Cage followed with a kill switch onto the bent-up ladder and honestly made it look really fucking brutal. Um, Cage stood tall with the TNT title over the body of Wardlow. Not a bad opener. I, you know, if we're going to open without a wrestling match, make it a badass segment like this, right? I don't ask for much. And I thought it looked vicious. It was like seven minutes, so pretty quick. That's including the entrances. So, yeah. Any any thoughts? Does this uh, raise your hype for Christian versus Wardlow? Because it doesn't for me. Even though I like, I mean, second. I'm sure it'll be a fine. I mean, every <clears throat> every singles match we've watched Christian have has been fine. So I mean, like, I I don't know, whatever. It's just my problem with, you know, what he is a legend, so maybe it's a different thing. It's not like it's a random guy. So, yeah, that's all right. 
AEW International Champion Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeated Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Important to note, they are no longer the firm as the firm has been deleted. This ended up being a really fun opener. Um, Orange Cassidy and Lee Moriarty had a nice opening sequence. A lot of uh, a lot of the back and forth chain wrestling, you know, counter on a counter on a counter, which ends up leading to a uh, they end up tagging the other guys in. Darby Allen and Big Bill is always going to be fun. Darby Allen works so well with the David Risk Goliath aspect. That's why if he ever does have a world title run, it would introduce some really fun matches. Um, I, 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 by the way, I need to see Darby Allen Lance Archer. I you know, I can tell match. you like three matches right away, <clears throat> assuming those guys don't all have titles at the time because they could easily. But I'd want to see him versus Hobbs. I'd want to see him versus Wardlow, him versus Lance Archer, him versus Big Bill, him versus... Uh, uh, fuck it, run it back with Joe. Yeah, you know? Joe. Joe would be awesome. Joe, we already know we can have a good match with Joe. Uh, yeah, just bigger guys than him. Just throw every big guy. Uh, you know, fucking Satnam Singh could probably get a good. He probably get a good match with that guy. Another throwback being him and uh, Miro. Exactly. So, yeah. All in all, I thought this was a fun match. Uh, him versus Butcher. Him versus uh, 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 what's the guy that was with the factory? Uh, Nick Camarado. Yeah, there was I just gave you an eight month title reign, like right there. <laughs> There's a stun dog millionaire into a code red on Bill. Lee Moriarty was planted with a beach break and a coffin drop. And pretty much to send a message to MJF, Allen locked in a side headlock on Moriarty and got the pin that way to kind of play off their history. So, fun stuff there. How awesome is that that if Darby ever did win the world title, there's like at least six or seven big men that he could just have a match after match after match after match with and just incredible matches. Yeah, and that's not even counting like some other insane wrestlers. Alex Marvez. Uh, he's trying to interview the Young Bucks back in the parking lot. Give him a quick update on Kenny Omega saying he's hurt, but it'll be okay. The, back pool, the Blackpool Combat Club is surrounding them. Um, So the Young Bucks pick up their fucking luggage, and they throw it at him. And my God, Nick fucking chucked that thing at Wheeler Utah. They they treated him like the young lion whipping boy that he is. It was pretty fucking brutal. Um, and So they targeted Matt's arm. Nick was slammed onto a truck. And pretty much the story here is Moxley said the Blackpool Combat Club are the only elite group around here. They walked off with the Bucks left lying dead. Renee Paquette is trying to get a medical update on Wardlow from doctors. Arn Anderson walks up. He's pissed. He grabs the ice pack, throws it away. He's pointing at him like he's shooting a gun. What's he asking him what he's prepared to do? Wardlow said he's willing to beat Christian Cage in his own game. Challenges Cage to a TNT title ladder match at double or nothing. Well... Count, you know what? I can be bought into a ladder match. I'm I'm a I'm an easygoing guy here. Renee Paquette backstage with Orange Cassidy, asking him about the Kyle Fletcher attacking him last week. Cassidy said whoever wants a title shot at or whoever wants a shot at the international title at double or nothing, go find Tony Khan. He'll fight everyone. Sammy Guevara squashed Exodus Prime, and pretty much he says. He goes on to say he's taken a few wrong turns, leading him to the right place. It's double or nothing. He listens to its heart, which tells him he's going to be the new AEW world champion. Again, total baby face. He was cheered for. The question we're going to have going into next week, which we've kind of discussed, is was this Texas or is this the baby face push working? We'll have to find out as we enter. Uh, I believe it's Vegas this next week, right? Or maybe not. Um, Vegas for Rampage. Is Do we have a live fucking Rampage again? 
I Yo, that'd so. be awesome if we do. I, I hope we do. Because it's been a while and we can you can feel it sometimes. Um Okay, it, it is in Vegas. Sweet. Maybe they can put on a great show and uh Yeah. Um, a history of the four pillars is shown. Excalibur goes over how MGF, Darby Allen, Jack, and Sammy are the present and future of AEW. Quick video package, but good. Showcasing the main event of Double or Nothing. FTR. They made their way out to the ring. Show, uh, well, Tony Schiavone introduces Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt. As they're making their entrance, Dutt gets shoved off. Uh, Dutt shows off his uh, two guitars with Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler on them. And then FTR... They make their way out from the back. They shove Satnam Singh through a table. They attack Jarrett, Dutton, Lethal. Everyone's getting their shit in. Everyone's having a good amount of time. Karen Jarrett makes her AEW appearance. Hits Cash Wheeler in the nuts. Uh, they right both in the get nards. Gu- right in the nards. They both get guitars over the head. Jeff hit a stroke on Harwood. Singh came to the ring, planted FTR with the double choke slam. And yeah, Dutt played, played a broken guitar. All the heels are getting their heat. I thought this was a ball of fun. And as we know what Dax likes to do, this walked away with you wanting to see the baby faces get their revenge. And the, I believe the heat, the heat was good. And yeah. So any thoughts you had on uh, this segment before we jump? I just, the next I hate how much I'm enjoying this. Cause I just, I can't stand triple J. <laughs> I'm enjoying it too. Renee is backstage with Darby Allen references the headlock finish of his match earlier. Allen said it was a message to MJF when Sammy Guevara walked in, said he respects Allen. Guevara said he knows Allen doesn't trust him, but he won't lay down for MJF, and that's all that matters at Double or Nothing is that MJF doesn't walk away as AEW champion. Allen said that may the best man win it fist-bumped Guevara. Hey, that's that's a pretty cool angle to take. Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, take on a defeat, Dr. Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida. Uh, you take the lead on this match. What would you think of it? And, uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, I was. I did the whole thing that overshadowed this match for me was I was really disappointed that we didn't have Jamie Hader here because this was supposed to be a trios match originally, and uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a big deal. But I mean, you know, you you, you deal with injuries as you do. Hopefully, Jamie Hader gets back into the mix pretty soon. Hopefully, before it sounds like she's going to be at Double or Nothing. So, so yeah, hopefully that, that's that a good is a good sign. sign. Hopefully that's a good sign. Um, she had a really good hot tag in this match. And I, honestly, the crowd was super hot for everything with this show. They were like super loud throughout the entire show. And I appreciated that. Um, I did really enjoy this match. I, I like everybody involved. But uh, I think perhaps it would have been slightly better if it had been the trios. Couldn't agree more. I was really wanting the trios match. And, you know, that being said, Hikaru Shida's new, new entrance, her new gear, she looked great. I thought everyone in the Yeah, the, the Sims were out on Twitter for that new gear. Yeah, everyone on everyone got their own shine and holy shit, Tony Storm. I, we we say it all the time, but seriously. To this day, she might the be Hikaru the best. Hikaru Shida Midriff era. <laughs> yes. Uh Tony Storm's gear or fuck. You got me all thrown off now. Tony Storm's Signing to AEW might be one of the like best signings that they've ever had. She has been so consistent. I, I gave I'm, her my Women's Wrestler of the Year last year, bro. I'm telling you. She is inc- absolutely incredible, and it's another match where she goes out there and fucking kills it. So, yeah, really good stuff. And Excalibur also mentioned that was Storm getting her fourth win in five days in AEW. Brand new record. 
And then she shows up also at New Japan Pro Wrestling Researches to be with her husband, uh, Juicy uh, Juice Robinson. So Tony Storm loves wrestling, and we love her for that. <laughs> Renee Paquette backstage yet again with Orange Cassidy. Informs Cassidy, since they blo- uh, last talked earlier, 20 men went to Tony Khan's office and answered the challenge. Cassidy said that's a lot. So he'll make it a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the international title at double or nothing. Cassidy offered Renee a spot. She politely declined. <laughs> I also love that he's such a dominant champion that they just let him book the matches now. Yeah, right. Uh, Tony Khan's announcement, which we've kind of talked about earlier. So it was it was an announcement about the uh, news segment, but pretty much saying uh, today is one of the greatest days in the history of AEW. They announced AEW Collision. Um, June 24th, it will be in Toronto. June 29th at Hamilton. July 8th, and he said Regina. July 15th in Calgary, and finally July 22nd in Newark, New Jersey. So they announced the next month of shows for Collision. They've got to come out swinging. That first Collision is going to be like the Omega booked fucking show. It's going to be insane. Just uh, we'll have to find out no, more about it. No, it'll be a CM it. Punk booked show. Hey, we'll find more about that uh, this next week. So here we go. Renee Paquette, we've talked about the next two matches. After the uh, Roosh and Jack Perry thing, Renee approaches MJF backstage after seeing what happened, asking him how he's feeling ahead of the AW title match, double or nothing. MJF slapped the microphone out of her hands and walked away. Yo. I saw something careful. about that wasn't the originally planned thing, but I'm just like, why would that not be the originally planned? Like, what? Yeah, right? What? That's great. It makes MJF, everyone loves Renee, and we hate MJF in character, so it works for me. Um, we saw footage of Jamie Hayter being injured last month by Tony Storm, who was standing by with Renee Paquette backstage. Storm said she's setting records in AEW with four wins in five days, and she's an entirely different animal in AE dub. She challenged Jamie Hayter for a women's title match at double or nothing. Woo! I've said before, I think Jamie Hayter needs to win the title back at all in. I don't know if she, she might be losing it already. We'll see. We'll see. Switchblade Jay White takes on Ricky Starks in our main event match. Two. Um, very surprised this was happening on Dynamite instead of a pay-per-view, but holy shit, did they deliver. So, pretty much White suckers Starks into a chase early on, driving him to the edge of the ring. Starks fought back by sending White into the barricade. They jump back inside. Uh, Jay catches him with a hot shot, some violent chops. Back on the outside, Starks was able to battle back until White drove Starks face first onto the apron. There's dueling chants from the crowd. They're fucking loving it. The crowd's into it. Um, White pretty much takes control while they go to commercial break. Starks fires out of the corner with an elbow, or with a lariat, Manhattan drop, charging knee and back elbow. White uh, charged right back into a belly-to-belly suplex, or tornado DDC for the two. And it took Starks just too long to follow up as Jay White left with a shoulder to the midsection. Snap DDT. Oh, my God. His snap DDT is fucking out of this world. Jay White then drapes Starks over the top rope, followed with a huge Uranagi for a near fall of his own. He signals for the Blade Runner. Starks elbowed free until White suplex Starks over the top to the floor. Back inside, Starks almost got a flash roll-up for the two. He followed with a snap neckbreaker. Starks had a misdirect slam and that nearly got three. White floated over the Rochambeau, another misdirect. Juice trips Ricky long enough for White to try the Blade Runner. Ricky? Starks got a roll-up for two. White uh, gouged the eyes of Ricky as the ref reprimanded him in the corner. 
Juice jumped in with a chair, but Ricky got control, sent Robinson to the floor, and popped White in the midsection in the back, getting himself DQ'd. Jay White wins via DQ. I think we're taking this match double or nothing now, and I am so fucking down. Because... For a juice at the end of this match or at the end of this segment being like, Ricky, I hate you. Oh, yeah. So good. So, yeah. That was our main event match. Any uh, Any thoughts you had on that one? Before we move on to the little main event segment we had. Uh, Jay White has the ability to elevate others so much when he wrestles them. Uh, not that Ricky needs it, but goddamn. Uh, I really liked Jay White's gear here. I gave it a 19 out of 10 in my notes, apparently. So apparently I really like the so gear. It is so good. I mean, God, we've said this before, but I'm okay in three months if Jay White's the one that beats MJF. True. Like, yeah, that'd be big. We for should Bullet treat Club him Gold. as a main event talent. We should treat him as the top guy. And I mean, he I, was IWGP champion like earlier this year, wasn't he? I mean, like, yeah, he was going into Forbidden Door. So, I mean, I mean you know, I'm just, I'm just saying anyway. Maybe I'm not okay this if year, his first like feud's Ricky Starks. He goes on, wins the Owen Hart, and then uses that to propel himself to take on him. He should definitely be in that tournament, even if he doesn't win it. Um, Yeah, the yeah. crowd was just going nuts. They sold like crazy. Ricky had a really nice belly-to-belly over his head as well at one point. Like you mentioned, uh, uh, yeah. Jay hit him one, I think. But they both they both hit that spot really well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the classic AEW doesn't really do DQ, DQ thing. That's starting to become less of a thing, I think, now. I think they're getting over that slightly. I mean, I don't want it to become as bad as it is in the WWE, though. No, yeah, I still I, I can't even remember the last one. So it's still been a while. There was one after uh MJF and and Dean. But yeah, it's it's not something you see often. God, calling and, him Dean is cursed. But <laughs> true. But it works. And yeah, so let's uh let's let's get this match next week at double or nothing. And seriously, let's make it work. It's main event time. Don Callis has to address his enemies. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He introduces Don. Makes his way down to the ring. There's security lined up and down the fucking halls. There's footage of Callis turning on Omega shown on the video screen. The crowd's booing the shit out of him. We haven't mentioned this much, but guys, this crowd was fucking incredible. Kudos to you. Um, I'm already blanking on what city we were in, but you guys were awesome. Austin, Texas. You guys were awesome, and you deserve another show, especially with how great you were. So, but... Pretty much Shivani's asking why, and Callis says instead of why he did what he did to Omega, he wants to talk about what Omega did to him. Callis is the victim in this scenario. He ran down everything he's done for Omega. Without Don, there is no Kenny. As the Lion brought out Omega from the back, laying out all the security guards until the Blackpool Combat Club attacked from behind. This included a paradigm shift by Moxley on the stage. Pretty much, uh, the BCC jumped into the ring and said this is the Elite's final warning to stay down. Omega struggled to his feet. The Young Bucks limped out with some weapons in hand. And right away, you and I knew the dream's coming true. The numbers evened up. Hangman Adam Page walked out to a massive ovation. Omega handed him the barbed wire broom. The bro, this was, was this was AEW's equivalent of, of Captain America catching Mjolnir, bro. I, it was truly something special. The brawl was on. The elite took turns beating up Wheeler Yuta again like the young lion whipping boy that he is. The Bucks hit a BTE trigger. Page with a buckshot lariat. Page stood next to the Bucks and Omega said they are the heart of AEW. They are the soul of this place. They are the elite. Page said a double or nothing. It'll be the Blackpool Combat Club versus the elite in anarchy in the arena. 
what a fucking heat-seeking ending of Dynamite. When Dynamite ends like this, it just makes the rest of the week feel good. And of course, the next day was dominated by horseshit. But, settling in for what we had. Holy fuck. When the elite, when the feuds involving the elite are good, and like, are presented as the main event stuff, there's just another level to to what's happening on Dynamite. And I, I think and like, I would argue the same thing when CM Punk was the main event of things. You know what I mean? And so if we can get both groups main eventing on both different shows and then also being like the co-main event and main event of pay-per-views. That's my biggest concern with Collision is like they're, if they're supposed to be separating these people because they can't work together, aren't they going to still have to work the same pay-per-views? Like, Oh, exactly. There, it's it's Yeah. <laughs> There's never going to be any fixing that. But but yeah, no. Anarchy in the Arena is the perfect way to go. And I couldn't have booked it better myself. And important to note here, it's a four-man 4v4 right now. Huh. Don Callis has that. this Takeshita guy. And there's this guy. He's this Japanese wrestler guy, Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's not Bushi. Bushi's the guy in the Super Juniors. It's not um. It's not Bushi. Bushi is that too. tag team in uh, in GCW. Yeah. Ah, I can't think of his name. He might be a Golden Lover. <laughs> Kota Ibushi as the fifth member of the Golden Elite, taking on Takeshita as the fifth member of the Combat Club. This is by far the best thing going in AEW right now, and I, uh, in my opinion. It's between my two favorite things in AEW. The Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club have become my two favorite things. They're feuding together. And I love every second of this. And right, hear me out, Charlie. Great. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Maybe Sad. we are overthinking this. And we're thinking too much Elite-centric with this, right? Maybe it's not Takeshita. Maybe Takeshita just stays with Don Callis and they do their own thing. Maybe Don Callis isn't really a part of this. Maybe... The fifth members are actually CM Punk and Colt Cabana. <laughs> there you go. This could be bit. It could be big. Or the fifth member Shota Umino. Because or yeah, it could be Shota Umino, and then really like well um, they could have somebody else um for the elite. Like it could be Takeshi at that point, actually. And then you have you know. Oh, I think BD. no matter what, your fifth member of the elite's Coda. I think it's only a matter of time. I mean, They're, it really depends. They could go a lot of different directions. Honestly, they, they, there's so yeah. many things they could do, and honestly, they could just it, there could be something different for Blood and Guts. You know, we have this women's thing that's been building for a while, but it kind of sort of moved away from the big giant feud. I think they wanted that at first, but then they're like, I don't think we're gonna get there. You know, so. Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. So, um, that'll be it for Dynamite, you guys. It's time for some AEW Rampage. We'll uh, we'll get through this one for you. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club defeated the best Amigos. This is just a fun, pretty action-packed uh, opener. Just everyone getting their time to shine. Um, Chuck Taylor and Yuta was kind of the best uh, 1v1 scenario in this. Playing off the Padawan versus, you know, Master kind of deal so have I they, they've had well. a couple singles matches they should probably have one on pay-per-view at some point right they could but you know wheeler yuda's now at, god how many people are jealous of where wheeler yuda's at i mean they gotta be seriously just jealous because of the spot he got picked in it could have been any of them and it wasn't i mean for like I, six months or something or eight months last year he got to hang out with william regal brian danielson claudio castagnoli and john moxley like the four of the best to ever do it like yeah, so pretty damn cool for him. 
Kyle, Kyle Fletcher cut a promo about why he attacked uh, Orange Cassidy last week. Since Fletcher was born and raised in Australia, he made a name for himself in England, won titles in Japan and the USA. No one is more fitting to be AW International Champion than he is. Bro, I mean, he if Mark Davis me. is going to be out for a while, he could actually win the International Championship. You know what I mean? I would love it. I, I That would be fucking bold. I'm telling you right now, that's the most bold decision that's been made revolving the title. Because this is a New Japan signed, technically, not even, I think he's technically a freelancer. So Kyle Fletcher is living the dream right now. Although maybe he'd want to be a salary contract, but that's a whole other thing. You yeah, you put the belt on the guy, you keep him in AEW for a little bit. And I think New Japan could honestly feel like they're, especially if, with, if he gets big showings on Forbidden Door. And then like he just, I mean, remember, wasn't it Will Ospreay stuck around for a couple matches with United Empire last year after Forbidden Door? Just have that be Fletcher and Will Ospreay this year or something, you know? Yeah. Or you know what? Fuck it. Bring in TJP or somebody like that. Imagine if TJP just wrestled Darby Allen or somebody like that, you know? After his run in the Super Juniors. Send it. I'm in. Um, we had a couple Boy, of Jade, yeah. Car- Jade Cargill uh segments here. So she defeated Danny B to retain her title. She then defeated Genesis to retain her title. And pretty much she asked if that's the best Texas had to offer. They sent out another, and Genesis was a trainee of the Dustin Rhodes Wrestling Academy. I'm glad that they put that in there. And uh, Jericho pretty much said she had a massive stroke, was paralyzed, learned how to walk and speak again before deciding to get into pro wrestling. And that's really cool that she got to have a title match on AEW TV. That's a really cool story. Um. Sterling pretty much then goes on to say, you know, Jade was about to go to 60-0 as an unnamed challenger came out to the ramp to accept the challenge. To Valkyrie, Ty Valkyrie made an entrance, laid out the woman. She stormed the ring, took out Gray, laid out Cargill with a clothesline, and rode to Valhalla. Valkyrie grabbed the microphone and asked Cargill, who's that bitch? Saying she'll see her at double or nothing. Excalibur said Tony Khan made the rematch title official, and this time Valkyrie can use her finisher, unlike in their first meeting. That's a good sign to me. You got the 16-0 on the line. Is she, she going to be the 16-0 or the 59 in one? Yeah, she will be. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. <laughs> uh, really cool stuff. Uh, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn defeated the Varsity Athletes. Right, okay. Max Caster's had kind of, I'll, I'll be honest, his, his raps have been kind of mid for a while. I'll just, I'll just say it, you know. They've been fine. This one was fun, though. He said Josh Woods had tiny balls, and Josh Woods was not ready for that. <laughs> popped him <laughs> gotta love it gotta love it so yeah pretty fine match you know uh, the acclaimed or the acclaimed they're gonna do their thing QTV we get QT Marshall asking every solo if he hacked Matt Hardy which solo denied <laughs> Marshall said that he has all them all entered in the blackjack battle royal for the international title of double or nothing Marshall talks about Paros Hobbs being on the poster for collision and mentions Miro while Solo and Harley Cameron name drop Buff Bagwell, Blue Mini, and Tatanka, Marshall said it doesn't matter because on June 17th, the real story begins. Huh. Tony Schiavone was in the ring, introduced Matt and Jeff Hardy in Brother Zay. Matt said it's official. For double or nothing, it'll be a three again. Three of them against the guns in Ethan Page, with a stipulation being if Team Hardy wins, Matt Hardy gets control of Ethan Page's contract. Jeff Hardy put over the Texas crowd. Page came out to the stage alone. Page said he and Matt have been feuding for too long and that Zay can trust Page and he and Zay were going to become the moan event until he turned his back on Page. 
This was all a ruse as the gun showed up from behind with chair shots to the Hardys and Zay. The chair is placed over Zay's neck as Paige stomped it down onto it. And yeah, I'm sure this will be fun to double or nothing, but uh, it's been I feel a long like Ethan time. Page was like 1,000% shooting when he went through all the stuff that he did for Zay. Like, I feel like that's actually like 1,000% true. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So, uh, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole kind of brawl thing uh, after highlights of Wednesday's fail, false gun anywhere match between Jericho and Roger Strong. Jericho called Adam Cole a coward and said if Cole was there, he'd beat his ass. Cole appeared on screen saying every week he'd show up and beat Jericho's ass. Jericho said he has lifted the legal agreement of Cole being banned from the building, challenging Cole to an unsanctioned match, double or nothing. Cole thanked Jericho and immediately entered the building in search of Jericho. They go to break. After it, Cole walked down from the crowd, sprinted up the ramp, and brawl was on between he and Jericho. Security tried to separate them. Both men broke free at different points during the fight. So, this will be a fun match. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think, uh, it, I mean, I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't go lights out, but unsanctioned, I mean, it's, it's all the same, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, main event. Dustin Rhodes defeats Bishop Khan. Actually, Main side note, Bishop side Khan. note. Is, is Double or Nothing becoming like the, not the gimmick match pay-per-view, but like the sort of special match pay-per-view? Because like we're having a um, <clears throat> an unsanctioned match and an anarchy in the arena on it. So is that is that like a thing or is it just like it happened, happens to be that? You know, I, I, I think anarchy in the arena specifically they're trying to use maybe maybe it originally was planned for the women. It wasn't going over as well, so they said, "All right, they pivoted. This feud was hotter." I mean, and they went with this one. Who knows? Maybe the plan was always to win Tony Storm to maybe become champion or Jamie Hader to retain. You make a good point, though. We got a four way for the title. We got the tag match with a special guest referee. We got a ladder match, a battle royal, your singles match, Anarchy in the Arena, another title match, the six man and the unsanctioned. I mean. Yeah, it's it's making a lot of sense to me that this is uh we're getting a lot of gimmicks on the match card. So maybe hopefully it's uh hopefully it delivers. AEW usually doesn't do gimmicks unless they're going to, so Yeah. With the exception of your exploding barbed wire death matches. <laughs> God. The Nightmare Academy. Main event Bishop Collin looked pretty good. Um Rhodes did a great job getting the crowd behind him. He puts on good matches against everyone he competes against. The post-match swerve looking like a fucking main event top star. Hit him with the kill shot. Hit him with that kill shot. And that's another match we need to resolve at double or nothing. So give me Jay White and Ricky Starks and give me Swerve versus uh, Keith Lee at, at double or nothing. Let's resolve these feuds. This feud needs to end. It's gone on too long. I love these guys, but we need other directions for both of them. And I thought it was fun. I thought it was a perfectly fine-paced main event. Again, this Rampage is the B-show, so they treat it as such. Especially with Collision coming out, it will be the C-show. So, yeah. Um, as in, like, seen main by event. nobody? <laughs> yeah. Rampage 300K challenge? No. Um, <laughs> but uh, what did you think of the main event? And... Uh, God, how good this Bishop Khan is one of those ones that was on my radar. I remember being one of the first people to be like, yeah, him and Toa, when they first tagged them together randomly on Dark, I was like, yeah, this is actually a team. Why are they not like, why is this not a tag team? Why do you just throw these two together? Now I want to see them. And then they just said, yeah, actually, fuck it. And Tony Khan probably thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, actually, fuck it. Why would I, why, why did I waste this? Let's just make, why did I have them lose? Shit, all right, I have them win next time, you know? 
Um, I like Bishop Khan, um, but of all of uh, the embassy, he's, I think, got the most upside. Um, and well, other than Swerve, obviously, but you know what I mean? Like whatever, Swerve. But, you know, other than Swerve and um, and maybe Nana as a manager, I think he's got the most upside. And so I, yeah, I'm really interested to see if they, if they have new more singles matches going forward. I hope they do. The embassy has Brian Cage do it. So why not give this guy some? He's pretty good. Very, agreed. So that'll do it for this week. Um, little preview that we got for next week right now. We got an, it, it will be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, double or nothing contract signing. International Championship, Orange Cassidy defends against Kyle Fletcher. AW Trios Championship match, the House of Black defends against Blake Christian, AR Fox, and Metal League. That should be fun. We got some, we got some promos, a lot of talking next week. FTR, Ricky Starks, and each of the four pillars. In a match that you and I are going to be excited about. Taya Valkyrie versus Lady Frost in her AEW debut. She deserves this. She's awesome. I don't think it'll be a long match, though, unfortunately. It doesn't matter. She's going to she's gonna go out there and deliver. ROH Tag Team Champions, Lucha Brothers, defend against the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta. And then Tony Khan will announce the first location of AEW Collision. And yeah, that's it for next week. And we will have that up on Friday or Saturday morning, Saturday. You never know, wherever the hell you guys are. Because I don't know where you guys stay at. Uh, some of you in the UK, some of you in Canada, some of you in America. And we appreciate you the for Canadian buds. sticking around with us. Absolutely. And yeah, we got about an hour All right, and a half. If you're from Saskatoon, hit us up on Twitter. Because we, 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 we made an NHL 23 team called the Saskatoon Empire. So hit us up. Facts. Shout out to Saskatoon Blades for the inspiration, right? No, I'm just kidding. But thanks everyone for hanging out with us, and we hope you check us out this weekend on a busy, busy, busy weekend of some AEW wrestling. Catch you on the flip side, Vision. Ricky? Really? <laughs>